0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Sports Virus Podcast, everybody. I'm Joe Castellano. We're brought to you by Kane's Tire in San Rafael, where they have had the lowest prices in Marin County for over 60 years. Well, On Tuesday, we got the sad news that Vin Scully had passed away. What an amazing career he had as the voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And we're going to talk about him today with Ray Woodson, the former KMBR talk show host who actually grew up in Southern California. And we're going to hear a little bit of a conversation that I had a couple of years ago with the legendary Hall of Fame director from CBS Sports, Bob Fishman. And uh, he tells us a little bit about his favorite calls that Vin Scully had. But we'll start with Ray Woodson and a conversation that we had on Wednesday. Well, Ray, pull up a chair, as Vin Scully once said. Vin Scully passing away yesterday at the age of 94. Um, Sad news around the sports world, especially the baseball world. Uh, I don't think that anybody would disagree with the statement that this guy was the top broadcaster in the history of sports broadcasting. I can't think of anybody who's ever been better, and I think most people agree. What do you think?
1: He was the best. He was the best as a professional and the best as an individual. Uh, you don't see the likes of, of this man coming your way very often. And when he's around, you appreciate him, and I think he was appreciated. And now that he's gone, you miss him dearly. Uh, and I know there are even a lot of Giants fans out there who gave Vin Scully lots of respect. And, oh, by the way, he grew up a Giants fan in New York. <laughs> uh, you know, Mel Ott was his guy as a kid. So uh, there, there is a deep connection there too, but more importantly than that, his place in baseball history as well as sports broadcasting history. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever going to equal what Vince Gilli did. I mean, for for example, sixty-seven seasons with the same team. Right, it's unbelievable.
0: That is unbelievable.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 How is that going to happen again?
0: Who stays with one job for 67 years? Nobody does that.
1: Nobody does anymore. Uh, So, I mean, just just to be able to to last that long in the profession, and, of course, he started very young, but he was nearly 90 when he decided to set down the mic. And, uh, you know, I have very vivid memories as a child growing up in Southern California, hearing Vin's voice uh, going over transistor radios everywhere, uh, broadcasting the World Series or whatever. Many nights I spent falling asleep with my transistor radio <laughs> uh, to his voice when I was a kid and you know, waking up later at night and the transistor dying because I killed another battery. <laughs> it's going rip, 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 and then it dies out. But you know, my mom finally got a clue and got me a clock radio. And so uh, that was unlimited uh, listening. Um, just hearing his dulcet voice. During some pretty tumultuous times, it was sort of like a salve to your ears in the summertime, you know, hearing, uh, why well, everybody and a very pleasant good evening to you wherever you may be. And, you know, every, every night he was there, every game. And I can count on the fingers of one hand people who are beloved by everybody. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I can't think of Anybody who didn't like Vin, he was such a likable personality, but was so great at his craft. Uh, and you know, I mean, he was well researched. He knew the game extremely well, and he was able to adapt to the times. But you know, he was he was perfect for that medium, uh, especially of radio. But he, you know, he was smart enough to change his his style for television as well. But uh, you know, the storytelling. Uh, and and what he witnessed firsthand in in the history of sports and history of baseball, and be able to recount those stories, it was priceless. Um, I mean, we, we lost some legends this week. First, Bill Russell, and now Vin Scully.
0: I think it's amazing too, and you're right, Bill Russell as well. It's been a tough week as far as that is concerned. I think it's amazing the way he would weave his stories in and out of a broadcast. Anybody who's done. Yeah any play-by-play at all knows how difficult that can be. I mean, there's always that, uh, you know, the cliche that, hey, don't start a story with two outs, you know, and you could think about that. Right. But he would figure out a way to get his story in, even if there were two outs. Uh, He Mm -hmm. just knew a way to have like a plan A and a plan B, I guess, and be more succinct about his story if he had to be. And I think that's what people admire. Uh, most about him, as far as you know, other play-by-play announcers who admired him growing up, listening to him, because I don't know that you could emulate it and do it the way that he did. Uh, He had so many stories and just the way that he was able to tell those stories. And he knew when to shut up. I mean, you know, the moment is there and he's going to let the crowd play. And you don't hear enough of that today. It seems you hear a lot of wall to wall, you know, just broadcasting the moment and and calling it out and maybe yelling and screaming. But Vin knew when a moment happened, he would call it eventually cap it off. But he always let the crowd play for a long time.
1: Exhibit A, go back on YouTube and listen to his call of Henry Aaron's 715th career home oh, yeah. to break Babe Ruth's record on April 8th, 1974, the radio call. Uh, you know, it was a pretty simple call, and then he just let the crowd tell the story for a good long time, you know, 30, 45 seconds before he came back in to, to put a caption on that moment, and that's what he did. Uh, that's what he did on television, and Kirk Gibson's home run in Game 1 of the 88 World Series. Uh, and and think of all the things in his life that he witnessed. You know, the beginning of the Jackie Robinson era, I think he came to the Dodgers around 1950. Uh, yeah, I think so, 50 was his first year, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. right out of Fordham University. Uh, and then witnessing Don Larson's perfect game, the move to Los Angeles, the championships under kofax and, And Drysdale, the Koufax perfect game, which is one of the iconic calls. One that I always was close to my heart was the night that they honored Roy Campanella after he was paralyzed in a car accident, and they were lighting candles or lighters at the Coliseum. Some ninety thousand fans when they played at the at the Coliseum, and uh, he was mentioning how people in the crowd were saying a silent prayer for Roy Campanella. And wherever you are tonight, perhaps you in silent prayer can wish for his well-being. Man, how eloquent. Yeah. Uh, there, there was the Aaron home run. Oh, by the way, he, he also did football on CBS and called the catch game. Yeah. you know <laughs> uh, The Gibson home run, and just on down the line, uh, you know, some of the great sports moments of the 20th century, Vin Scully was on the mic board, and you could ask for no better person.
0: Yeah, and the way that he did radio and then would switch over to television on the Dodgers broadcast, that was amazing too because he would be able to you know, call every pitch and describe every little thing on the radio, but then he knew how to be a television announcer where you you, know, you don't have to uh-huh. say as much. Uh, and, and he was always solo on the radio from what I remember because, yes. yeah, yes. And he, and because he just carried it. He knew how to carry a broadcast, and that's not something everybody can do.
1: Very few. And do that. Uh, he had a partner for many years, Jerry Doggett, who was a serviceable announcer, but uh, he would also do solo. And, uh, you know, not, not to knock Jerry, because who is Vince Scully, but you notice the difference on the broadcast. And then the, uh, along came Ross Porter and, uh, uh, you know, Rick Monday and Don Drysdale did some games as well. Uh, but there was nobody like him and in terms of his command of the language, how well read he was. And he could pull up a quote from Shakespeare any time, <laughs> you know. And the and the Dodgers once again endure the slings and arrows of outrageous misfortune. You know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, and he had a great sense of humor as well. I, I recall a time when um, Max Venable was at bat for the Giants in a game against the Dodgers. And yeah. it, was, it was a plate appearance that was going really long. There were some delays there. He might have been taking some time out of the box as well. But... <laughs> It was going on quite a while. And then Scully goes, by the time this event is over, he'll be Max (laughs) Venerable.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he always had a great line like that. I mean, the way he was able to tag the moments, you mentioned the, the Hank Aaron call, and you talked about Kirk Gibson, you know, in a season that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many of those calls where he comes up with something that just ties it perfectly together at the end of the call. That might have been my favorite part of Vin Scully, but also I just. For me, the memories are more listening to the World Series on the radio, and the amount of research he did on every player when he stepped in there. I would incredible. hear things that I never heard about certain right. players, and that to me was always remarkable.
1: Yeah, you know, you talk about how a guy was an incredible poker player, things like that. You know, <laughs> little little vignettes that you wouldn't know about. Um, you know, he told the story once about how he went ice skating and raced Jackie Robinson. Yeah, that's one of my favorite stories.
0: I don't think yeah. that worked out too well, right? Didn't Jackie not know how to skate?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so Ben was saying, you know, uh, Jackie's attitude was, yeah, I don't know how to skate, but I'm going <laughs> to learn by skating against you, even if I lose. And Ben's like, you know, Jack, I, I'm not the greatest skater in the world, but I do know how to skate. <laughs> they're up at some resort in the Catskills in the wintertime. And Rachel was there, and she's seven months pregnant, and she laces on the skates. So they're out at- there. <laughs> All that out there trying to skate, and apparently the way he Vin described it, Jackie was skating on his ankles, you know. <laughs> but he's still trying to run and trying to trying to beat Vin. I didn't hear the end of the story whether he actually beat Jackie. I, I assume he did, but that was the competitive spirit of Jackie. He was going to learn how to do this, come hell or high water or high ice, and 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 try to figure out how to beat him. Uh, that was a nice little glimpse into into Jackie's competitiveness right there. But I mean, who can tell stories like that? That's just gold. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, the thing,
0: too, about being like an iconic announcer like that, I mean, you think about, you know, the Harry Careys of the world and Jack Brickhouse in Chicago or, you know, here in San Francisco, John Miller has a great following, but nobody had a following like Vin. Like you mentioned with the transistor radios. I remember the first Dodgers game I ever went to in the early 80s. I walked into the Dodger Stadium, and I couldn't believe it. There were radios on everywhere. Vin's voice was everywhere, you know?
1: And, and, if, and, you know, if he had a little sideways comment about a player, why they heard it. You know, because,
0: yeah,
1: it, it, that, it was echoing out throughout the stadium, but not just in the stadium. You, know, you go through any business district or you know um, industrial area or down Pico Boulevard to by the laundry shop or the, the, the beauty shop or the butcher whatever, uh, especially if it was a big World Series game. Ben's voice would be on there, again, wafting across the air in, in Southern California. It was one of the... One of the great things about growing up, and I've talked about it before, you had Bob Miller on, and what a golden era that was for broadcasters when I was growing up. You hear Vin and Chick Hearn and uh, Dick Enberg and Bob Miller. I mean, how lucky were we? How lucky were we to hear these people? And, um, you know, I think with uh, Vin, he always uh, really tried to impart his love of the game as well. And and you know I, uh, there are certain announcers you can tell how much they love the game, and I think John Miller is in that category. And by the way, you you should probably get John on if you want a better imitation of Vin.
0: <laughs> he's the best, <laughs> he does, yeah.
1: He does it spot on. And, how about, about the
0: Japanese Vin Scully too? <laughs>
1: oh, unbelievable! Unbelievable <laughs> that, that, that he could come up with that. Uh, and, and you know, I, for those of us who have had the pleasure of meeting him, he's he seemed off. Mike off-camera, as he was in real life. You can't fake that. Uh, You know, the the sincerity about presenting the game and and dealing with the public. Uh, If you're something of a misanthrope and the mic turns off, you can't hide that. But he was the same guy. Uh, I brought my son up to the broadcast booth with him uh, when my son was in Little League. And, you know, he was was great with him. He, He bends over and he says... How you doing, Tiger? And he kind of gently punches him in the shoulder. You know, he wanted to make the kid feel welcome because he was very shy at the time. And, and you know, my son talked about that for years and years afterwards. Uh, so, so, I mean, to be able to give him that kind of memory is, is priceless.
0: We'll have more with Ray Woodson right after this. When it's time for new tires, you want the lowest prices and the best service, don't you? Well, Cane's Tire in San Rafael has you covered on both. Cane's has the lowest prices in Marin County, and they provide the warm and welcoming service that you can only receive from a family-run business. Voted Best of Marin for 35 years in a row, Kane's prices beat Costco's prices every time. Kane's Tire, 1531 4th Street in San Rafael. Give him a call at 415 415- 453 2942. That's 415 453 2942 for Kane's tire. I think a lot of announcers in the minor leagues, especially, would try to emulate Vince Scully in one way or another. There were a couple that I remember, Ray, one in the Cal League and one in the Northwest League when I was broadcasting in those leagues. that I mean, they were trying to sound exactly like Vin. And and I don't think you could do that or you should do that because there's only one Vin Scully. But, I mean, one guy had a pregame show and he was coming out with the line with what you said earlier of you know a pleasant good evening to you i walked into my booth he was on about five minutes before me and i'm like wait a minute you're not vin scully you know and then the other guy I walked by one time i went to the bathroom i might have been a pitch late to get to mine and i walked by the other guy's booth this was in the, in the northwest league and i hear him going
1: chew and chew to whoever it was. I was like this sounds like scully come on Oh uh, yeah the eugene emeralds and the <laughs> Salem Volcanoes rolling around in the dirt of Emerald <laughs> Stadium tonight. You know, that, that was another uh, Vinnyism. You know what? If, if, if you want to try to emulate them, I could think of worse people to try to copy. Right. <laughs> but, but you'll never do it. Uh, you know, maybe it, it does help in, in some respect in your broadcasting, but you'll never be then. Nobody ever will be then. Uh, so uh, I, I think a lot of us also try to emulate Chick Hearn in broadcasting basketball, too. Uh, and picked up some of his sayings. And it, it sounds a little phony when you try to steal his phrases, but at the same time, he's a damn good announcer. Who else are you going to try to copy? So I, I kind of get it that they're trying to do that, but, yeah, it, it never comes off right.
0: No, you know, actually I think, Ray, what some young announcers should do is go back and listen to Vin Scully broadcast and not not try to imitate him, you know, maybe not the inflection and all that, but learn from some of the aspects of his broadcast. We talked about the storytelling and capping off a great moment Mm -hmm. and, and just letting the broadcast breathe, uh, you know, especially when you let the crowd play out, because we just don't hear that as much. I'd love to see more of the young announcers go back to that, you know, where you, a, a play happens, touchdown, home run, whatever. Let's hear the crowd. There's more drama.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was the best at that among many other things. There are some announcers who do do that that I hear nowadays. Uh-huh. But, you know, I would say that nobody let it breathe like Vin did. And, you know, but he also had sort of the gravitas in the game where he could take some license uh, and some poetic license, too, because he was so well established in the game. But, you know, I, again, I go back to how how much his life was woven into the history of this game, a big chunk of its history. Uh, you know, and so, he He's somebody who brought incredible credibility to the broadcast that a young broadcaster can't bring yet. They're trying to establish that. Yeah. And not, I I would imagine Vince felt the same way when he started out and he was being mentored by Red Barber. And he picked up some of Red Barber's mannerisms as well. And he, w- he would tell you that. And, well, Red Barber was one of the very best at the time. So you know, I, I got what he was trying to do there, too. But by the time he arrived in Los Angeles, you know, he really helped sell the game in Southern California, uh, so that by the time the early sixties rolled around, uh, that, that team was everywhere. And of course, they were winning too. That definitely helped. And you had two Hall, future Hall of Fame pitchers, uh, leading the way. You know, at a time when there wasn't much hitting in baseball, the, the, the pitching dominated. The, they, they definitely dominated. And, and he, he really understood how pitchers thought, which I, I, I thought was pretty interesting as well. He was also great. By the way, he was also great at calling fights. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> if, if there were bench-clearing brawls, Vinny was at his best. He loved to tell the story about one time Bill Buckner got into a scrum, and while he was running in from left field, he left his—I uh, guess he had a false set of teeth—on uh, the second base bag. Then went in and joined the scrum. And the dust cleared, and he sauntered back to second base, picked up his teeth, went back out to the left field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, God, what a prize he was. And you know, just to finish up the thought about how big he had become in L.A., um, you know, when I was growing up, it was very tumultuous times, not unlike now. Uh, there was a lot of social unrest in this country, and Vince Gully was probably not going to be Anywhere near that, as far as you know, making political statements. Although his his friendship with Jackie Robinson certainly made a statement, but he was sort of a, a, a someone you could listen to, even during the the most fractious of times, and feel calm at yeah. least for a couple of hours. And there's some value in that.
0: Yeah, and you know, Vince Scully had a couple of awful tragedies in his personal life where he yeah. lost his yep, wife, and yeah, in her mid. 30s Uh, she died after an accidental medical overdose and his son his oldest son died in a helicopter crash at the age of 33 Uh, so I mean he had to go back to work after that and like you said I I would imagine the love of the game of baseball kept him going because it would be hard to go back to work after both of those tragedies.
1: Well, I happen to be a director, news director of a news talk station in Bakersfield at the time that his son died in that crash, which was in the Tehachapi Mountains just south of Bakersfield. So we did cover that story. And I I think one of the things that Ben might have acknowledged after that wasn't just his love of the game, but the love that the fans showed toward him to kind of lift him up in a time of of tremendous tragedy. Uh, I don't know how you cover from something like that and broadcast the baseball game testimony to his professionalism that he was able to do that and and you know, I mean, who, who knows there's no handbook on how to grieve but I, i'd have to think that you know the, the, the love that the fans had shown him for 30 years was something that helped carry him through
0: you know was amazing too about some of those great calls that i was listening to today ray and i'm sure you heard a lot of them too just you know reviewing those calls is that he would always be able to keep his composure throughout a call. I mean, there's pandemonium in the stadium, and most announcers Mm -hmm. will you know, raise their voice to a point where it might sound like they're screaming. They're trying to get above it, Um, and you do still want that excitement, but Vin never lost control in his call. It was just so amazing the way he could do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he modulated his voice to fit the moment, and that's another thing a broadcaster has to learn. Uh, I, I hear a lot of young broadcasters who Get outside of themselves in those big moments, and you know he he would always bring the uh, the requisite amount of, of volume and excitement to the moment when it required it. And uh, I I would just recommend to young broadcasters to go back and listen to some of his calls. And, and again, maybe you don't try to emulate him and his style and copy it, but understand as you listen why he 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 just was so great. Uh, and, you know, I, I think you have to be a good person, too. I know that sounds kind of corny, but to be a genu- genuinely good person, uh, you know, that, that's how you get loved by more people, is that, you know, you, you show them decency in return. And and that was a big part of who he was.
0: Yeah, I mean, you hear these stories, uh, you know, Brian Anderson who was on the air last night. He's actually the person who broke the news to everybody nationally on the uh, telecast that Turner had, oh, the Giants-Dodgers. Okay. Yeah, and he told some stories about you know, getting to know Vin a little bit, and, and it's just so cool to hear about how Vin Scully would you know, take another young broadcaster sort of under his wing a little bit. And He doesn't have to do that, but, but he did. You know, With a lot of the younger announcers who came along, he was very friendly to them, and you know, mm-hmm. everybody looked up to the guy.
1: Yeah, well, he had the job, so <laughs> I, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I doubt I doubt he felt threatened.
0: No. <laughs> but on top
1: of that, yes, that was that was his nature to do that to 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 help the younger broadcasters and and especially the former ballplayers who got into the booth. And I think Don Drysdale would have told you that. And and that that makes me recall a moment when Ben Scully had to go on the air and announce to everyone that Don Drysdale had died of a heart attack in a Montreal hotel room. Yeah. Here he's going to broadcast the Dodgers Expos game, and one of his partners is gone like that, yeah. 57 years old. So, uh, I, you know, and he said it was maybe the hardest thing he had to do on the air and then carry on with the broadcast, but carry on he did.
0: Well, right. Thanks uh, for the memories here, of Vince Scully. Uh, May he rest in peace. Man, that guy is is missed already, and everybody will always be thinking about the great moments and the great calls that he had.
1: Yes, and and the Giants did a nice job honoring him last night, and I understand on the post-game rap on the Giants radio. uh, They were also just tremendously heartfelt in their respect for Vin, and that that goes throughout baseball, and I I think that also included Giants fans who who knew what he meant to the game, and uh, they won't make another one.
0: All right, Ray, thanks a lot, and I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, thanks, Joe.
0: That's former Cambr talk show host Ray Woodson. Now, a couple of years ago, I had my good friend Bob Fishman on the podcast. Uh, Bob was a legendary director. He's in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame, uh, worked for CBS for many decades, and a huge Dodgers fan. So we had a conversation about him being a Dodgers fan, and we got into talking about – his memories, his favorite calls that Vin Scully had on his broadcast, whether it be with the Dodgers or on uh, network television with the World Series. And we started with a couple of those calls. And here's the conversation and uh, some of the highlights that I played a couple of years ago here on the Sports Virus Podcast. Here's my favorite call, Vin Scully, 1986 World Series.
2: (laughs) Behind the bag! It gets through Buckner! Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it! If one picture is worth a thousand words, you have seen about a million words. But more than that, you have seen an absolutely bizarre finish to Game 6 of the 1986 World Series. The Mets are not
0: All right, Bob, that call, the reason I love that call, maybe because it's not a Dodgers game, but, but also because he knows how to capture the moment there, like in so many of the great calls. He actually laid out a long time. I edited that so you don't hear the the long layout with the crowd playing, and then he summarizes it perfectly. That's what Scully did so well. I mean, I would think that might be one of your favorite calls.
2: Yeah, definitely one of my favorite calls, but also I didn't love the call because of uh, going to school in uh, in Boston um, and being a uh, also a Mets hater in that uh, in that <laughs> World Series, <laughs> I was rooting for Boston, so uh, that was painful. Um, I think that my favorite call, though, all through the years, if that's what you're asking, me, yes. was probably the uh, Gibson home run. All
0: right, we're going to play that. Listen to the Gibson home run call. Yeah, that was amazing. The way yep. he built the drama for it beforehand and then the way he caps it off again.
2: Yeah, the, the he, there was nobody better at building the drama and then laying out and you know, this reminds me his ability to understand um you know, when you're doing television specifically, uh to, you know, don't ruin the moment. It, it's it's that's something that we all learned. Uh, at uh, at CBS from uh, the late, great producer Frank Tricinian, who was the uh, the guru of golf coverage. And I remember Frank telling um, a lot of us, and especially a lot of the announcers, this is television. You know, I will close your mic if you don't have the ability to not say anything and let the pictures, let my pictures, which he would say, you know paint the paint paint the scene so scully was a master at that and uh you know i think the gibson thing and because of what you said the lead up to it and then that layout and that and that she's gone and the whole thing was in the end, you know, and the you know and the the improbable impossible line <laughs> you know nothing was better than that yeah uh, so yeah that would be that would be my my uh my favorite
0: Yeah, I mean, there was a a build-up to that because Gibson wasn't even in the dugout. I mean, there's no way he was going to play, and Scully kept mentioning that. I mean, as a fan, when you were watching that, I'm curious how you watched it because you're rooting so hard for the Dodgers and then to witness that moment. Wow.
2: I was doing – it was a football weekend, and I don't remember exactly where I was but I do remember we were watching together in, in one of our meeting rooms in whatever hotel we were in, and uh, I watched a good good part of it. I didn't see the entire game, but certainly watched the last two or three innings. And yes, of course, you know, Scully earlier on the broadcast had said something about it was, you know, unlikely that Gibson was ever going to play, and, you know, he's not even in the dugout and all that stuff. So that even made it extra special. So, yeah, yeah for sure.
0: All right, that's Bob Fishman, the longtime CBS Sports Director. I want to thank Ray Woodson for joining us today on this Vin Scully tribute. Join us again soon for another edition of the Sports Virus Podcast. For now, I'm Joe Castellano. Thanks for listening on the Believe Podcast Network.
2: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.